Hello and welcome! I'm Joanna Junak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. Australia's National Health and Medical Research Council is the country's top health and medical research organization. Its advice guides national health policy on various issues. In 2022, the NHMRC published a position statement on electronic cigarettes. Last week, a review of this document by leading scientists was published in the journal Addiction and was highly critical of the NHMRC document. Dr. Colin Mendelssohn was the lead author of the review and will tell us more about their assessment. Hello, Colin. Firstly, can you tell us about the state of vaping in Australia? Hi, Joanna. Australia's taken a precautionary approach to vaping. So vaping is opposed by all levels of government and almost all health and medical organisations. And the media is also hostile to vaping. Australia's got the most restrictive regulations in the Western world. Nicotine liquid is only available legally with a prescription from a doctor and can be legally purchased only from a pharmacy or by importation from overseas. However, even the government has acknowledged that this approach has failed miserably. 90% of vapors do not have a prescription and there's a thriving black market which freely sells unregulated products to adults and children. In response to this, uh, the government appears to be planning to ban all imports and restrict vaping even further. What is the role of the National Health and Medical Research Council? The NHMRC is Australia's leading government health and medical research body and is highly respected. It provides grants for medical research and develops position statements to guide national health policy. Well, last year it released a statement on vaping, which is widely used to justify the anti-vaping narrative in Australia. You recently led a review of the NHMRC statement. What was your assessment of it? Our review found that the NHMRC document was seriously flawed. It contained misinformation and was biased against vaping. We concluded that it fails to meet the high standard expected of a leading international scientific body. What were some of your concerns about the document? Well, firstly, it exaggerated the risks of vaping and failed to compare them to the alternative, tobacco smoking. For example, it emphasised the presence of chemicals in vapour without making it clear that most of these chemicals are at low or trace levels and that most are far lower than in tobacco smoke. It also exaggerated the long-term risks of vaping. However, we are confident that long-term vaping is highly likely to be far less harmful than smoking based on the substantial reduction in toxic chemicals and biomarkers and because of the improvements in the health of many smokers and in health conditions when smokers switch. It also incorrectly claims that vaping nicotine causes seizures, the serious lung conditions, EVALI and so-called popcorn lung, when there's no evidence for any of these conditions. Secondly, the NHMRC incorrectly claimed that there's weak evidence that vaping is an effective quitting aid. Well, this is in contrast to the 2022 Cochrane Review of Randomised Controlled Trials, 
which concluded that there is high certainty evidence that electronic cigarettes are more effective than NRT. It also dismissed the findings from other studies that support the randomised control trial results, such as evidence from the UK Stop Smoking Services, uh, observational studies, population studies, and the decline in national smoking rates where vaping is freely available. And when you take all this evidence together, it, the, the argument is compelling that vaping is an effective quitting aid for both individuals and at the population level. What did the NHMRC say about youth vaping? Well, the statement gave strong support to the gateway theory that vaping causes young people to go on to smoke. However, we now know that the opposite is more likely to be true. As youth vaping has increased, we've seen an accelerated decline in youth smoking in many countries. There's growing evidence that vaping is diverting more people away from smoking than encouraging them to smoke. Most importantly, it doesn't appear that youth vaping leads to sustained cigarette use, which is the main public health concern. Did the NHMRC acknowledge the effect of vaping on smoking rates? The NHMRC dismissed the clear evidence that vaping is already having a positive net public health effect. Numerous studies have found that vaping is associated with more frequent quit attempts and greater quit success than other methods, and that the decline in smoking has accelerated since vaping became available. For example, in New Zealand, in the two years after vaping was legalised in 2020, the adult daily smoking rate fell by an unprecedented 33% in two years. In comparison, in Australia, the smoking rate declines by about 2% per year. But most importantly, vaping is the most popular aid for quitting or reducing smoking in Western countries. And because of its proven effectiveness and wide reach, it's likely to have a far greater population effect than any other cessation therapy. What was their view about the precautionary principle? The NHMRC statement argues that we should follow the precautionary principle and not allow vaping because of uncertainty about long-term risks. However, the precautionary principle requires a comparison of the risks of introducing a new product with the risks of delaying its introduction. Now, in the case of vaping, the relatively small risks of harm will be far outweighed by the substantial known harms from delaying access to current smokers. And while there's some uncertainty about vaping, it's well established that up to two in three smokers who smoke long-term will die prematurely from smoking. And many of these could be prevented by vaping. Was there any evidence of bias in the NHMRC report? Yes, look, we were very concerned about the makeup of the working committee. Three members of the committee have published papers opposing vaping. Uh, other members represent organisations which have made strong public anti-vaping uh, statements. No experts who take a positive view on the potential of vaping or, or even smoker or vapour representatives were included. Having a strong position on vaping can influence how people interpret the evidence to support 
a predetermined policy position. And what were your conclusions from this review? Well, we concluded that the report should be withdrawn and that an impartial review of the evidence was needed by a balanced committee with an independent chairperson with uh, no predetermined views. Also, we think there should be a review on how such a flawed report was issued by a leading government health organisation. Thank you, Colin. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our GFN TV podcast. You can also find transcriptions of each episode on the GFN TV website. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.